0: Good morning. Welcome to Paradise Valley Christian Church. We want to invite all of you to grab your Bibles. We're going to be in uh, 2 Peter this morning as we start a new sermon series. And again, just welcome each and every one of you online. We're excited to start a new year, 2021. Uh, There's a lot of good things that took place in 2020. In fact, as I was looking at my calendar, I write down uh, the different individuals that have made life commitments to Jesus Christ by surrendering themselves, by dying to their old selves, to be clothed with Christ in the watery graves of baptism. And uh, as I look down through the calendar, we had 11 baptisms this past year. Will we give God a round of applause for that? Uh, and each year I, I, I have this kind of goal that I want us to think about and pray through and and, and see where we might play a role in seeing that goal come to fruition. And, and the goal for 2021 is that I would love to see 21 people make life decisions for Jesus Christ. 21 people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. That over the course of the next year would make a commitment to Jesus and, and surrender their lives to him. And, and that's through each and every one of us working together to reach out into the lives of the people that we have influence on. And so 21 people, and I always tell the youth group, I say, you know, it, it's one of those things where we're not, we're not setting goals so we can be like, oh, yeah, look at us. We hit our 21-person goal. But it's, it's thinking about the fact that 21 represents 21 souls that prayerfully will spend eternity with God in heaven because we as the church... Are willing to pray diligently and to be actively a part of what God wants to do here in 2021. So I'd encourage you to write that down a goal of 21 people being baptized into Christ in 2021. And this morning, again, as we begin a new sermon series, it's entitled Remember the Way. Remember the Way. And we're going to be looking into 2 Peter, and, and if you've been here over the last year or so, you know that we went through 1 Peter, and uh, now we have an opportunity to hear from Peter again in 2 Peter. And I want to begin this morning by turning to chapter 3. There's a lot of chapters in 2 Peter, all, three of them, okay? There's three. And we're going to begin here by looking at verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, dear friends. This is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires they will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Doesn't that sound pretty familiar to what goes on in our world today? That are scoffers thinking, well, wh- where's the second coming of Jesus? When is he going to come? Everything's been the same. And yet Peter wants to remind us, to stimulate us to wholesome thinking Again, verse 2, to recall the words spoken. and, And so we need to remember the way, the truth, the life that comes only through Jesus and his word. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we are grateful for the privilege it is to come into your house, to acknowledge your greatness in our lives, to worship you through music, through the reading of your word, through prayer and communion. God, we want to worship you daily with our lives. So, Father, may we gain strength and encouragement this morning. May we be challenged and edified, God, that your word would be bold in our lives, that it would go forth and not come back void. And so we pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. This morning, is things are going to be just a tad bit different. But I want us to turn back to chapter 1 of Second Peter. And if you look at verse 13, it says, Peter's speaking, it says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And Peter is well aware of the fact that he is about to die. And so he doesn't want to leave those that he's been influencing with nothing. In fact, he looks at the end of his life and he has a strong desire to leave a solid, true and lasting testimony for those that he's been diligently investing in on behalf of Jesus Christ. And as we studied through 1 Peter a little over a year ago or so, Peter challenged us as believers to to grab a hold of the fact that this world is not our home, that we're just a passing through, that our our real home is laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And the fact that we are foreigners in, in a foreign land, that we're sojourners, meaning that we just are passing through, And this morning, Peter wants us to remember that. To remember the things that he's already shared with us. And in order for us to to have something better to look forward to, we have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, number one. We have to continue to develop that relationship with him each and every day of our lives. And we also have to remain faithful to that relationship through our whole lives. We can't give up on it. And so Peter doesn't have anything necessarily new to say, but the challenge now is to, to, is to stick to what he's already challenged us with, the teachings found in 1 Peter. And, and, and so in this last letter, he's urging us to remain steadfast to what we already know to be true. And so I want us to be reminded of that truth during this sermon series. As we spend time in this new year going through Second Peter, I want us to be reminded because the reality is, is that we're all like sheep, aren't we? That have gone astray and we need to remember the way. So I want to do two things this morning, and again, it's not our normal look on a Sunday morning what's going to take place, but I want to do two things. First of all, I want us to get out our Bibles, so if you brought your Bibles on your phone or paper Bibles, or if you didn't have one this morning, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles, or if uh, you need a Bible, we have extra Bibles, but I always tell the youth group kids uh, when I was doing youth ministry that, you know, what do you need to take To a band camp, if you're going to a band camp, first service, someone said, your Bibles. Well, that would be good too, but what else might you need to go to band camp with? Your instrument, yes. Or if you went to football practice, what would you take with you? Your helmet, your shoulder pads. If you were a cross-country skier, you take your skis. Whatever you're going to be a part of, you are prepared with what you need. And when it comes to coming in to the body, to gathering together as the body of Christ. And into joining God's word, bring your Bibles. It's important. And so I want us to spend some time watching a video that's going to kind of give an overview of what se- Second Peter is going to look like. And that's the first thing. And the second thing is I want us to to keep our Bibles out, and we're going to read through all of Second Peter, all. Three chapters, all right? It, it's going to go quick. Three chapters of 2 Peter here this morning. And uh, again, as I was thinking about this several weeks ago when I was planning for this Sunday, uh, anytime I I saw other preachers do this, I thought, uh, they didn't have a sermon planned, so that's they decided to read through the Bible, you know. But the reality is I actually planned this several weeks prior to this morning, because I really feel as we get into 2 Peter, I just want God's word to speak to us powerfully, because again, God's word is is powerful and effective, sharper than any double-edged sword, and I think the temptation a lot of times for preachers is for me to think that the only way that you're ever going to really understand God's word is if I tell you and spoon-feed it to you, but the reality is, is that God's word is what convicts your hearts. It's God's word that can shape you into who he wants you to be. And so this morning, again, we're going to do a little overview. This is a video that I found. I think it does a really good job. But again, keep in mind that it's human-made. It's man-made. Man and so it's not, uh, it's not God's word, okay? But it's, it's a, a video that's going to hopefully give you a little bit of idea of an overview of what's going on here in 2 Peter.
1: The second letter of Peter, it's addressed to the same network of churches as Peter's first letter, and it's likely written from the same location in Rome. Peter's become aware of the fact that he's going to die soon, and the evidence that we have from early tradition was that Peter was executed by the Roman authorities during the reign of Emperor Nero. And so this letter acts as Peter's farewell speech. He begins by offering a final challenge, that Jesus' followers must be people who never stop Growing, And then this is followed by two final warnings about a growing number of corrupt teachers who are leading Christians in these church communities astray, first by their corrupt way of life, and second by their distorted theology. Throughout the letter, Peter is countering accusations made by these teachers against himself and the other apostles, and Peter's goal is to restore confidence and order to these church communities. So Peter opens by reminding these churches that through Jesus, God has invited people to become a participant in his own divine nature. That is to share in God's own eternal life and love, which is mind blowing. And it requires a lifelong response. To receive this gift means a commitment to developing the same character traits that mark God's own divine nature. Peter lists here seven traits to strive for. And the final one encompasses and crowns all of the others its love, which, according to Jesus, means devoting oneself to the well-being of others, no matter their response or the cost. To love, according to Peter, is to share in God's own life. Peter then states the letter's purpose. It's going to act as a memorial of his teaching that can be passed on to later generations because he's not going to be around to give it much longer in person. So before he dies, he wants to address these objections and accusations being made by the teachers who distort Jesus' teaching and that of the apostles. So Peter first addresses an accusation repeated by the skeptics present and future. Namely, that he and the apostles just made up all of this stuff about Jesus being risen from the dead and king of the world. Jesus isn't really going to come back one day. So Peter offers his eyewitness testimony of the powerful moment of Jesus' transformation on the mountain. Remember the story in Mark chapter 9. The apostles saw Jesus exalted as king. And his resurrection means that he's alive as king and will return to rescue our world one day. And so the future return of Jesus to bring God's kingdom, this will fulfill what all the ancient scriptures have been pointing to all along. The words of the Old Testament prophets, they're not fabricated fantasies. Rather, through these human words of scripture and through the human Jesus, God himself has spoken to us. Peter then moves on to address the threats raised by corrupt leaders in the church, and he focuses on more objections that they raise. So, first, these teachers deny the idea of a final reckoning when God's going to hold all people accountable for their choices. And this denial is what conveniently allows the teachers to ignore Jesus' teaching about money and sex because they're making tons of profit by teaching in the churches, not to mention the fact that they're sleeping around. But Peter reminds the readers that God can and will meet rebellion with his justice. He recalls three ancient examples when God did this. He first mentions the story about the sons of God in Genesis 6 as it was interpreted in a popular Jewish work of the time called First Enoch. First, Enoch says the sons of God are rebellious angels who crossed the line and slept with women, earning God's judgment. Peter then brings up the story of the ancient flood and then the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. In each case, there was a rebellion that led to divine judgment. But, Peter says, God was always faithful to deliver his people, and he uses the story of Lot to provide an example. Peter then connects these ancient stories to the teacher's corrupt way of life. They, too, are after money and sex, they despise God's authority, and they lead other people to think that God doesn't care about moral decisions. He says they teach a message of Christian freedom and use it as a license to do whatever they want. And this is why Peter's going to bring up Paul's letters later on in chapter 3. It appears that these teachers have distorted Paul's message of liberation in Christ, but that's not the kind of freedom Paul meant. And Peter makes clear that these teachers are not really free. In reality, they're slaves to their bodily impulses. And the fact that they're Christians makes it even more tragic because knowing Jesus' teaching makes them doubly accountable. They have become pitiful examples of the ancient proverb about a dog returning to its vomit and a washed pig going back to the mud. Peter then addresses the reasoning behind the teacher's denial of the final reckoning. They say generations of God's people keep coming and passing away without seeing the fulfillment of their hopes. Where is this promised return of Jesus? Peter responds by showing how short-sighted this objection is. Look around, he says, at this remarkable universe that we inhabit. The fact that we exist at all means that at some moment in the past, God's word intervened in a dramatic way to bring something out of nothing and to bring order out of chaos, and he can do so again. And so the real question is, why is God taking so long? But Peter reminds us that our human conception of time is extremely limited. The long expanses of time through which God works don't fit neatly into the framework of our very short lives. These long amounts of time are actually a sign of God's patience because each generation has offered the chance to recognize its own selfishness, to humble itself and repent before God's generous grace. And God's grace will bring the story to a close on the day of the Lord. Here, Peter draws upon the prophetic poetry of Isaiah and Zephaniah, who describe the day of God's justice as a consuming fire. Peter says, the heavens will pass away and the stoicheia will melt by fire. This is a Greek word that could refer to the elements, in which case it means the dissolution of the material universe, or more likely, it refers to heavenly bodies, in other words, the stars. That's what this word means in Isaiah chapter 34, where Peter is quoting from. And in that case, this line is a metaphor about the sky being peeled back, so to speak, before the God who sees all. And so this is why Peter says the day of the Lord will result in the earth and all its works being exposed. The ultimate purpose of God's consuming justice is not to scrap the material universe. Rather, it's to expose evil and injustice and remove it so that a new kind of heavens and earth can emerge, one that is permeated with righteousness, full of God's love and people who know and love God and love their neighbor as their selves. Peter concludes by saying this is the true Christian hope that Jesus and all the apostles have been announcing, including Paul, whose writings can be misunderstood if you rip them out of context, but all the apostles are on the same page. And so Peter ends his final address to the church. Now the tone of 2 Peter, it feels really intense, but his passion comes from a firm conviction that God loves this world and he's determined to rescue it through Jesus. And so this means that God's love must confront and deal with the sin and injustice that ruins his beloved world. And in God's own time, he will do so, opening up a new future for humanity and for the universe itself. And so 2 Peter has a wide, expansive vision of hope for the whole world, and it challenges us to examine our everyday lives. That's what the second letter of Peter is all about. There's a lot
0: in there, and uh, to be honest with you, as I was praying through where we would go in uh, 2021 and kind of where God wants to spend, where He wants us to spend in His Word, Second uh, Peter was one that kept coming to my mind as we had gone through First Peter, and and so I felt well, maybe we should go through Second Peter, and there's some there's some tough stuff in there. There's some things that as a uh, a simple gentleman, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not the most scholarly, and so it's maybe it's just easier to step away from things that are harder to understand. And my prayer is, as we go through 2 Peter together, that we really dive into what God is trying to share with us. And so again, I want to read through 2 Peter chapter 1, 2, and 3, and so that you don't get bored hearing just my voice, I asked uh, Brinley Gwen to read chapter 1. And I'll read chapter 2, and Jen Stephen, Hagen will read chapter 3.
2: Second Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseveran- perseverance. Perseverance And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you, know, you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will make every effort to see that after my departure you will always be able to remember these things. We do we did not follow cleverly invented stories that we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty, for He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, "This is My Son whom I love; with Him I am well pleased." We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain, and we have the word of the prophets prophets made more certain and you will do well to pay attention to it as it is a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the holy spirit
0: thank you burnley chapter 2 second peter But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, who bought them, excuse me, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. Verse 4, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from their... ...from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord... But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed. And like beasts, they too will perish. Verse 13, they will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery, they never stop sinning. They seduce the unstable. They are experts in greed and a cursed brood. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness." Verse 17, these men are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them for they mouth empty boastful words and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity for a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit and a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud.
3: 2 Peter chapter 3, the day of the Lord. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets, and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the, heaven, the heavens came into being, And the earth was formed out of the water and by water by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed by the same word the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly but do not forget this one thing dear friends with the lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day the lord is not slow in Of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the, of the lawless and fall from your secure position but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now
0: and forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brindley and Jen. Man, that's some powerful stuff in there. As as you just spend time soaking in God's word, you hear the voice of God speaking to us this morning. And as the praise team comes I want to close our time together this morning, and I still want us to have a challenge. I want to see the challenge that we're probably going to see multiple times as we look here in Second Peter through this series of Remember the Way. But for some of you this morning, it's the challenge from Second Peter 3, 17 and 18, where again it says, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard. Be on your guard so that you may be car- so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever amen See we have to make sure that we're growing in 2021 in our relationship with God through this series that we go through, 2 Peter. And and maybe for others of you this morning, the challenge comes from 2 Peter 3, verse 14, where it says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with Him. See, if you want to spend eternity in heaven with God, the god of creation and not spend eternity in hell separated from god then you need to make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with god and the only way that you can do this is through the blood of jesus christ that's what god's word says it's it's only through the blood of jesus christ and the only way that you can receive that gift of grace and mercy and forgiveness, Scripture says, is is through a belief and through repentance and through a confession and a baptism where your sins are washed away. So this morning, we're going to sing a song of invitation. And as we sing this song If you need to make every effort to be spotless and blameless and at peace with God this morning because you feel separated from Him, that you've been living your own life, doing your own thing, I would encourage you to come as we sing. Will you stand with us this morning? Bow your heads and pray with me, God. Once again, we're humbled to have the privilege to come into your presence, to acknowledge your greatness in our lives. And Father, we are a, a church body, your children that are not perfect, God. We we make mistakes. But God, we're so grateful. For your grace and for your love and for your forgiveness and your mercy and God we we know we don't have to live lives of mistakes but God you give us second chances to come back to you and and so father this morning I pray that there's one here that has never surrendered their life completely over to you. as we're praying for 21 new people to make that decision to give their lives completely over to you. If today is that day for that individual, Father, I pray that you impress that on their hearts. And God, together as the church, may we go forth and boldly proclaim the good news of your Son and the hope that we have For eternity, knowing this world is not our home that we are passing through. And God, that we have something so much better to look forward to. And as we begin to imagine what that's going to be like, all the worries and the stress of this life, they just melt away. Because God, we know that you are faithful. You keep your promises. And you've promised us eternity if we're willing to surrender our lives to you so god i thank you for this day and the opportunity to be together may you be glorified in everything we say and do in the name of jesus i pray amen you may be